0: Welcome to the Umbia yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. Hey there, how's it going? It's going well. How are you? I'm excellent. It is Friday, April 1st. No April Fool's Day jokes today. No. Nope. We're oh. going to stay away from those shenanigans. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, But we are going to talk a lot of NFL today. This has been one of the craziest NFL uh, free agent uh, offseason, off at yeah, least for sure. as far as I can remember. Of like, just uh, big seismic shifts in teams, big players moving around. Um, it's uh, it's been kind of it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So uh, our good friend Bobby Wagner is uh, going to be heading down the old I five from <laughs> Seattle to L A. He will join. What was already a pretty darn good defense down uh, there in L.A. with the L.A. Rams? What do you think about that signing? That's that's uh, that's not good for other teams in the NFC. Yes, indeed, it's not. But it's good
1: from. My guys, the Rams. Oh, uh, yeah, your guys. Mm-hmm. My guys. Your guys. Mm-hmm. I paid for all. Yeah. Well, there's going to be
0: here. a big uh, going into this next season here. There's a big uh, rivalry. Big, a big, uh, a big uh, brouhaha, a brewing. Yes. Uh, between uh, myself and uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. John over there. So
1: you're very happy about this signing as well as I can imagine. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be big for the Rams, especially after you lose Von Miller to get a veteran linebacker in that situation. The fact that he didn't get signed sooner and that he fell into the Rams' hands the way he did and think it wasn't like a four or five year deal of this i think that's what it was i will um, look that up it's it's a really good deal for him and he gets to play out the, probably the rest of his career Five in year 50 million yeah that's a good deal for him so he gets to play with some of the best defensive players in the nfl uh aaron donald obviously and i think it happened on monday night right after we recorded the podcast the contract for Aaron Donald came out, so that was a four-year deal as well. So they'll basically be playing out the rest of their careers in LA for roughly the same amount of time. And then you got Jalen Ramsey and this just stacked defense that the Rams have put together for themselves. And those three guys, Aaron Donald, um, By Wagner, and Jalen Ramsey, have all been multiple multiple time selections for um, for the all uh, for all time uh, defensive players. Sorry, right? so they're really. Some of the best defensive players of all time, and also it's Seattle has to be kind of upset because they didn't get by wider out of their division, they are gonna have well, to play guess, him multiple yeah, times. See him twice a year, and they don't even know who their quarterback is going to be. And by is gonna be very familiar with this Seattle team after playing with them for the majority of his, or all of his what, how long has yeah, been? Like, 12 years, 13 yeah. years, something like that. So he'll be very familiar with Pete Carroll. Um, so that's going to be a big thing for the Rams to have a leg up there. But overall, in this NFC, that I believe is more for the taking uh, after a lot of these NFC players have migrated to the AFC, gives them a leg up. The, I mean, obviously, the Bucks are going to be in the conversation for one of the better NFC teams. The Dallas Cowboys will probably be in the bottom part of that. But now the Rams can solidify themselves even more in that category. And really, for this Rams team, they've been able to do more with winning the Super Bowl than most teams are, where they're able to sign Allen Robinson, Aaron Donald to extension, Bobby Wagner to the team, and just be able to keep a lot of their guys. I mean, so far, OBJ hasn't signed with another team, but maybe he'll be back, and that'll be really big if he is back, and that'll give him a huge opportunity to have just a really stacked core and really have lost pretty much no one except Von Miller, who whose absence doesn't seem quite as big a deal now. Uh, because of the fact that now you have Bobby Wagner, who is a very, very good linebacker with tons of experience in the league and may not have all the same attributes that Von Miller had, where Von Miller was a little bit tall and a little bit faster, but can still definitely make plays and, and give uh, get some boost to your, uh, to your team. So I think it's just going to help them you know, state their case a little more for the NFC and help them win a lot more football games, because I think the linebacker position was their biggest issue after after Von Miller went to the afc as well and went to the bills so a lot of good stuff happening there i think i think it's going to be one of those things where maybe we'll see the rams beat the the bucks when they play this season because of that yeah 100 um
0: so let's just stick up there in the uh, old pacific northwest for just another moment um noah font fant Fant, Fant, fant fant uh was traded to seattle As part of that whole Russell Wilson thing, Uh, apparently he was unhappy with how he was utilized in Denver. Hopes that he'll be able to be more, I guess, of a a catch, you know, make some big plays, uh, you know, maybe a Gronk-style tight end um, up there. But that's—I don't think that's the way Pete Carroll. Likes to like, likes to roll his tight ends.
1: Not really. I mean, most of the time, I his mean, remember tight ends what happened are blocking to, tight ends.
0: Yeah, remember what happened to Jimmy Graham, right? Right, yeah. Because he was one of those catching tight ends. He turned into more of a blocking tight end. Well, because, right. Cause they that's, do. 'Cause they do. Because Pete Carroll likes to do what?
1: Blocking tight ends. He likes to run the football. Right. So well, that was, yeah. It's always been his thing. Yeah, so yeah. I,
0: I don't know how that's going to...
1: And plus, they got DK Metcalf, who has come up in a lot of trade rumors as uh-huh. possibly leaving. Yeah. But we're really not sure how that's all going to pan out. I mean, if Seattle loses DK Metcalf, I think a lot of people are going to be pretty unhappy with Seattle. But with Noah Fan, I mean, I think they can use him in both ways. But like you said, if you look at history, um, Pete Carroll usually doesn't use his tight ends in that fashion. They've got DK and they got Tyler Lockett to handle those deep uh, pass routes and be those catches because obviously they're t- uh, wide receivers and also very very explosive players. Um, And plus with Drew Locker, whoever's going to be their next quarterback, we don't know how much of a deep ball he'll have. Russell Wilson was a unique case because his deep ball is one of the best in the entire National Football League. So they were a little bit spoiled down there in Seattle. Uh, And now since he's gone and went to Denver, they're going to have to figure out how they're going to incorporate the deep ball and use these wide receivers to their full advantage. But I think at this time, I think Noah Fan's comments were... Um, I think not really listening to the the atmosphere of his team right now, because if you have Drew Locke um, as your quarterback or Geno Smith as your quarterback, or maybe you get someone in the draft, but depending on who you have more, I mean, right now, all the quarterbacks they have on their rosters don't have a great deep ball that's not really where they make their money at so if you're gonna if you're gonna say you want to do like a deep ball threat, that's something if you were had Russell Wilson as your quarterback you don't you have a guy that can get you know those shorter passes so be happy with those types of things and help them succeed and don't put all this pressure on them to be able to hit the deep ball and make sure that you're happy in the passing game because more likely than none and I get you didn't have a choice about where you went right of course you were traded in this whole deal so but I think he's not gonna be using them really the way he wants so I think there might be some trick plays that they do with him where they give him opportunity to kind of sneak up and and try to make a play 20 yards downfield or whatever and give an opportunity that could work on on special situations maybe if they make into the playoffs which is not very um likely right now but as of right now i would say i think no offense wishes are not going to be not going to be something that are going to become true i think he's going to be forced into the mold of seattle and he's going to have to try to deal with whatever that means maybe that means he doesn't stick around in seattle and doesn't sign another deal or whatever that might be but i think right now he just needs to be helpful in whatever way is necessary for this team especially with all the question marks at the quarterback position because if he's able to be a good you know Big body tight end. They can definitely make some really good plays for you. And when he gets the ball in his hands, can make plays and make moves. He said that he just wanted to be deeper downfield, so his yards are a little bit higher or whatever, whatnot. But him and uh, DK Metcalf kind of doing these little shorter plays, like out routes or hooks or something like that i just going to give whoever's at at quarterback, whether they're veterans that like they have now or a new guy, a new guy coming in first year guy, that's going to relieve a lot of pressure because they're getting the high percentage passes and kind of building momentum. And then obviously use them in the passing or in the running game. So he's got to be comfortable with just getting dirty in the trenches. And then also having 95% of your passes, be five yards out up the field and be perfectly fine with that. And then try to find a different player. I think, tight ends after seeing what Kettle and what um, Kelsey and these guys are doing and um, what's his name? Wall- uh, Waller for, for the Raiders, how these tight ends are becoming more wide receiver type guys and, and, and kind of pulling away from the standard tight end that we've kind of th- uh, thought of as a tight end for a vast majority of, uh for a very long time sorry so i think they're trying to move away from that and trying to turn to this situation where they make a lot more money because they're pass catching tight ends so that's probably what he's trying to do here but with the with the cards you've been dealt (laughs) i would say just be happy with the load you've been having and and do as much as you can to help your team because that's going to be something that will keep you signed and keep you in the league all right so somebody who is uh i guess on his way out of the league is
0: Bruce Arians. He is going to be stepping, uh, not stepping down, but stepping up stepping. to the front office and taking on a senior uh, football consulting role. Uh, first up is the draft and helping the team prepare for that. Uh, but with his vacating the head coaching spot in Tampa, we have a new, uh, a new head coach, and that will be Todd Bowles, who is in his second go-around as an NFL head coach uh, now with Tampa.
1: Yeah, I, I, that's big. I think, well, I mean, you can speak on this more than I can because, you know, they're your team and you've been following them for a very long time since your since your childhood. So you have a better understanding of the full scope of this team. But for me, if you look at it, I think Todd Bowles was the correct choice to replace um, Bruce Arians because Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles, since the time that Arians accepted the head coaching job for the Bucks, they've been talking and they've been working through schemes. And then Bruce Arians obviously is the guy that pulled him in, got him in to the defensive position anyway. It was between the 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 uh, the Bears and the Bucks. Obviously, he made the right decision not to go with the Matt Nagy led Bears and went with the Bruce Arians led buccaneers and got rewarded with the greatest football player of all time in Tom Brady and a stacked roster. So that's all really good for him. I think it, it's a perfect posi- a perfect position and opportunity to win a lot of football games as a head coach because Bruce Arians, I don't think is going to stop helping Todd Bowles in his pursuit as a great co- uh, coach. Uh, and he didn't do that when he was a defensive player. He let him speak into the different packages and schemes. So he got the mind of Bruce Arians and really started to learn uh, what, it, what it's about, what it's about to kind of lead a an all- defense and kind of get the idea of a head coach into him since the beginning of the, when he got in here. So I think he's had plenty of time to prepare uh, for a situation like this and get the keys to this really good team for at least a couple more seasons especially because I mean Tom Brady will be back but then they assigned Fournette to an extension they, yep. they got Chris or not Chris what's his name uh, Mike God, uh, not Mike Godwin Chris <laughs> Godwin Chris Godwin. <laughs> Chris Godwin switched the wide receivers names there yeah, okay. you solid, merged them solid. together into a super receiver <laughs> yes well, imagine if they were both together but uh, yeah they they, um, they re-signed him to a new contract and scrapped the uh, franchise tag which was big and then if Gronkowski comes back, we're really not sure where that all stands, but and then they got Russell Gage in there, so they got a really good bones right now to really have some good success. And I also, like I mentioned before, I don't think Bruce Arians is gonna have a complete hands off approach to the coaching situation. I think he's gonna help as much as he can to make sure Todd Bulls isn't just thrown to the Lions. But I mean, when you have or or, uh, or the the Bears or whatever, <laughs> but I I think if you have Tom Brady as your or as your it's your quarterback, star quarterback. And then you have these wide receivers that he has and this defense that he has not to brag on too much. Cause you know, my Rams are better, but, uh, when you have the situation that they have, I think you're going to be given to the keys to a kingdom that is going to be very hard to fail with what you have right now. So I think it's going to build a lot of confidence for him as he, as he gets on this trek of becoming the next uh, head coach for this team and try to build a legacy for himself that maybe not be under the Bruce Arians shadow forever. So I like this move uh, for that reason. I think it's going to be really helpful for him. I think it makes sense for Bruce Arians, especially with some of the health things that he's been dealing with in the past to step down and kind of, you know, kind of take a little bit of backseat, but still be able to help in football operations and maybe some of the coaching stuff and just kind of kind of get to the backseat and not have so much stress and anxiety for himself, especially as he gets older. And I mean, he had a great coaching uh, career, won a Super Bowl with Tom Brady, got to coach Tom Brady for a couple of seasons, got Tom Brady to come back, uh, and then he said, okay, I did everything I set out to do in the coaching game. Let's, let's call it quits here. So I think it could not have worked out better for Todd Bowles. I'm excited to see what happens for this Bucks team because I really like the packages and the schemes and the way uh, Todd Bulls coaches his defense. And I imagine he'll still be a defensive minded head coach and kind of, kind of tread in that direction, let left which kind of handle the offense and kind of sit in that area. I don't think they'll bring in a defensive guy because why do you need to, when you're that good at it. Uh, so I, I'm excited to see what happens there. I, I know we won't probably get a whole lot of details. on what it's like to sit behind the scenes. I mean, I bought a book that was talking about when Tom Brady first came over and all the, all that stuff that went into it in kind of the first season. That's really interesting to see this mindset, and that's how I knew about this stuff that Bruce Arians and Todd Bull's connection, which if you've been watching this for a long time, you probably got a little bit of a hint of, but that book shined a, shined a lot of light on it. But what's your take on it?
0: Uh, I think it's good. I think I, I, if it's all face value, right, like there really wasn't any sort of back background stuff going on, um and you know then that's great everything works out you know todd bowles gets gets another shot and he gets it with tom brady and um you know doesn't get left with a depleted team because you could imagine exactly yeah you know in a couple of years retires, yeah. brady's gone you know These everyone takes off the end of and, the and contract, then you get yeah. the job well you know you have a real bad, no, team. bad team bad team at that point now you're rebuilding and it puts a whole different type of pressure um, now to take over a team who is a Super Bowl contending team, um, you know, who by all looks Super is Bowl going to be team. Uh, is <laughs> going to be is going to be good going into next year. Um, you know, that's a much better situation to be in for your first year as a coach because then you know you'll win and then uh, and then you'll you know you'll have some success, right? Like right, presumably, of yeah. I mean, you have way. to. I mean, uh, then you know, then you can see where we go next year. And and I, I don't know if Tom Brady's going to be gone after this year we'll have to wait and see because it depends
1: on how battered he gets yeah i mean because yep but i mean i don't know if he i don't know if he'll be gone out of this out of the out of the nfl but possibly to a different team i don't know about that i don't know why you would do
0: that just stay in tampa finish in tampa and then go do whatever it is you want to do afterward on a team but i don't know about you know like you know go at this point but we'll see we'll see what happens uh Crazy things happen in the NFL. It's a wild place. Um, okay, let's uh, let's leave the NFL for uh, a few minutes and uh, head over to the association. Um, now, you sent me a note. Could Doc Rivers be fired as the 76ers
1: coach? Yeah, head coach. What's that about? The the uh, the players do not like his rotations, his style as the head coach and don't really want to be his so head coach like a, anymore. it's a mutiny by it's the players. It's a mutiny, yes. They're uh, kind of just... Getting angry, Uh, I don't think they like how blunt he is because uh, after, again, I don't know exactly when it was, he basically said that the bench wasn't really at fault. They didn't really have enough opportunities. It was more of James Harden's fault for not playing good enough basketball, which probably upset him, and we know how much power James Harden carries with the name, uh, as he was able to force out of the 76ers, or the Nets, and get to the 76ers, which might have hosed the 76ers for the long run. That's a different story, but now you look at the 76ers and you're like you lost you lost curry you lost Drummond, you lost uh, Paul Millsap? No, no, maybe that went to the 76 But then you are you lose these guys that are really productive. Uh, ben Simmons, who we still haven't seen on the court because of a back issue right now. He's trying to work through, but when he's on the court, I imagine they'll do good things with him. So you lost your like three best players, right? Ben Simmons was causing a little bit of a rift, but you lost them. And then you might lose your head coach now because you traded these guys away, and now the players don't really like what you're doing with the team and how you're playing and what you're doing. And we know it's not really a coach's league anymore. It's more of the player's league can be... They can force pretty much anyone they want out besides the owner or the GM. And maybe even the GM might have a little bit of a a job staking on the players liking him. So, I mean, Doc Rivers, I mean, it's going to be one of those things. He's going to have to either turn around or he's going to have to say, okay, I don't really want to coach here anymore and I'll be fine with being fired and (laughs) just kind of play the team he wants to play because obviously right now he still has the head coaching job. He still has the power to choose who goes in the game at which time he chooses to go in and when he does not. And I would have to think this has a lot to do with a, the trade that took place between the Nets and the 76ers Uh and B James Harden because you haven't heard anything about them wanting to fire Doc Rivers last season, this season. And then all of a sudden now it comes out that they're really unhappy And the really only thing that changed was a little bit of a change of players and James Harden coming in. So I'd have to think that he's on the front edge of this kind of push to get him out of the head coaching spot, which is kind of sad. I I think think forcing out of a team is one thing, and I believe this has more than to do with just James James Harden. But if he is involved in this, and I think – just based off the facts, it would seem like you have to be, I'm not assuming, but I think uh, I would say that's kind of one of those things. It's one thing to force you out of the team and say, I want to play somewhere else and kind of control your own legacy, but to then push that onto a coach and ruin his livelihood. Obviously he's got money. He's been coaching. And so he has money and stuff. So he's going to be fine. But like then to use your power after you have that and use it, ride that wave to then just get rid of another guy, just because you don't like the way he's coaching the team. Shouldn't really be a thing that's allowed... uh, I I think that we're giving players too much power. Uh, I think this is something that's going to have to be worked on pretty much too sweet because at this point, players are gaining power, and it's on a steady incline that it's not really falling off at all so if the nba and the nfl and the mlb doesn't do something about this quickly we could have the situation where coaches mean nothing gms mean nothing only the owners mean something and the owners will do anything to make them happy the players happy and will just cycle through guys consistently i mean it's just one of those things where players are just building up um fan attention and the and the fans like them and they're going to rally around the player and sometimes they'll lose track of all the front office stuff that goes into making a scheme and a plan and all that stuff. So I think if there's one player that does that, that's a problem and they should not be given that much power. Um, and I just think if, if the 76ers, if they lose their head coach, they're going to go into a, a spiral because I think he's might be the only one thing that might be kind of keeping things roughly together i mean he was the coach for the clippers and then went to the 76ers so he's been kind of bouncing around a little bit but if you lose your head coach i have to imagine things are gonna get kind of bad for you because then you have to find another head coach plus the rebuild you're already gonna have to do with the players and after watching this trade unfold and what happened and we'll talk about the nets in a second because i was the next team on our list of nba playing teams but man this nets team looks really really good uh their defense has gotten a thousand times better just because of these guys that they've added on top Drummond and Curry. Uh, These guys are just playing really good basketball and they're proving to be really successful. And the 76ers, you're really not hearing much of anything besides James Harden and Joel Embiid getting to the free throw line as often as humanly possible due for the fact that they're fouled so much, which is really not that going to be that great for them going down the stretch. So they've lost a lot of their good players. And I think that was a big mistake by the GM to let this trade even take place. He should have just left it be for Ben Simmons to try to figure out for himself. I don't think the trade was the wisest decision in hindsight and everything in hindsight is either good and bad, but it seems more often not bad in the sports world. So I don't know, but I don't know how much correlation these two things have together, but to me, I think this has a lot of correlation between the trade for James Harden, and that might be why his job is in jeopardy. So I just think—I hope it resolves itself without him getting fired just because I'd hate to see that be the reason why, but it's a business.
0: All right, so on the other side of that trade deal for Harden were the Nets, uh, and they seem to have uh, fared pretty well in that trade, uh, <laughs> getting rid of Harden and uh, the uh, distraction that he can be. <laughs> and then getting some some quality players back, even though the biggest chip in the thing, Ben Simmons, still hasn't even played.
1: Right, yeah. Oh. So that's gonna be really helpful for him going down the stretch. Yeah, so I to cover the this team for the the playing tournament stuff that we've been working on. I, I think this team is gonna be really good going down the stretch. Um obviously they lost to Crusher in overtime against the Bucks. Really the only reason why was Giannis. I mean the man is pretty much unstoppable in the paint. He just gets in there, and then he can get rebounds. He can get the dunk no matter how many guys are all around him. He can make the shot. He can pass it, or he'll just go and make the shot, and then you'll foul him simply because you're trying to get the ball, and since he's such a tall guy, it's nearly impossible to get that block, and then you end up sending him to the line, and he'll score 30-plus points a night, and really is the only reason the Bucks even had a chance in that game because the Bucks were significantly outplayed basically the entire time by the Nets, other than a couple slip-ups. So that was really the reason why they lost there. But this team, like I mentioned, I was going to talk about a little bit about their their defense, has become really, really good. For whatever reason, since James Harden left, this team has taken a step up. And I, I mean, before the trade went through, we talked about how the 76ers had a better defensive team than the than the, uh, than the Nets did by a huge margin. And now you had Drummond, and you had Curry, and you had Claxton, who Claxton was there last year, and so was Brown. But these guys are kind of stepping up with this new transition of t- t- uh, 76ers players, which are a lot better at defense. And now you're getting three or four, maybe five blocks a night from Kevin Durant, Bruce Brown, Claxton, and then Drummond in the paint. He's getting in there. He's getting their dirty work done. They're getting the rebounds. They're fighting for him. Um, and then on the offensive side, when they pass the ball, they're really good because they can find the open guy in the bucks. The bucks make the, made the bad decision of just going after Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving, leaving guys open without a single guy on them and leading to open threes or easy in the paint buckets or any of those situations. And that's really where things started to fall apart for the bucks because they were so worried about one guy or the other Uh, against the Pistons though. They were slightly worried about that, but that kind of eased off fast. But when they pass the ball, they are nearly unstoppable because then they may find the open guy and the ball movement's working, and then Kevin Rand and Kyrie Irving is drawing so much attention to themselves. Or sometimes these other players that are not getting as much attention, they finally figured they have to, and then Kevin Durant gets open for an easy bucket, and then all of a sudden it just it just starts spiraling. When this team gets hot, they're one of the few teams that everyone gets better. So if they're on a little bit of a cold streak, which these cold streaks happen for this team, we'll talk about that on a second, but. Um, if they get cold and then one guy drops down a bucket and the next guy drops down a bucket and the next guy, after about three buckets that go in, it's like everyone's getting it. Everyone's going, everyone's doing what they had to do. And it's just the facet of momentum that is in a basketball game or in a sports game, period. The area that I think the Nets need to fix up and change to have a lot of success in the NBA playoffs that are coming steadily and speedily towards us is they need to... Just cut out turnovers. I mean just silly little turnovers of bad passes that are just easily picked off with a guy kind of sitting in the middle of the lane between the passer and the receiver of the pass and that guy just easily gets it. Or or just like the just I guess bad passes are kind of the biggest thing. Or just um, they were just needing to wrestle for the ball a little more and kind of get physical. They also need to do a little bit better job of that, getting the ball back. But, I mean, if Giannis was not in that game, I think they could have won back-to-back basketball games. Giannis was really the big deal. And that was simply because, obviously, like, like I said, it's his height. So I think this team, just clean up the turnovers and then just make sure you don't go into cold spells too often because especially if you're playing a good team in a seven-game series, you don't want the game to come down to, are we in a hot streak or are we in a cold streak? Just make sure those cold streaks are just kind of... Come and go rather quickly because in the Bucks game they went on a uh, the Bucks went on a 12-0 run against the Nets where they really couldn't get anything going. And then during those times, those are the times when the superstar players Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, maybe Brown, depending on who has the hot hand, feel like they have to do everything and they forget all about the facet of passing that is getting you to the point where you're in the game and you're in the driver's seat and you're in command. And they just kind of forget about that. So they got to work on that. And then the last thing I would say that they need to work on is close out because sometimes they'll have two guys over there. Let's say it's Drummond and uh, Bruce Brown. They're kind of over there. One guy on the other team kind of moves in, kind of goes after Bruce Brown and then passes it out. Drummond won't use any momentum or anything to go back and kind of guard the guy that's about to shoot the three point and is wide open. You just kind of sit there and let the pass or they use the, let the bucket go through. And then they kind of get mad at each other. So they need to do a better job of closing out. But overall, I mean, I like the physicality. I don't mind the penalties that have come from it because obviously penalties are going to happen. Um, fouls, free throw lines and stuff, But uh, free or charity stripe, as I like to call it, the charity stripe, where the team, which is also known as a free throw line. I call it the charity stripe because yep. I feel like it's more appropriate. You're getting free points there, free beats. It's
0: crazy how many people don't actually get the points, though.
1: Yeah, it happens sometimes, unless you're Giannis and you score pretty much all of them and get 14 yeah. trips to the line, which is ridiculous. But uh, And then I also think... I also like the fact that they're being physical because they're getting a lot of blocks from that physicality, which then is going to cause these teams to get a little bit sloppy with the way they're but trying to get the shot up because they think they're just going to get fouled and it's an easy strip and then that's going to get you onto the hot hand and then you're going to get into those hot streaks and you'll start winning basketball games. So, If the Cavaliers are lucky enough or should I say unfortunate enough to meet Kyrie Irvin and Kevin Durant, uh, they're probably going to lose in a pretty easy sweep. I mean, this team is that good that they could easily make it in in one game and lose and not lose at all uh, in in a series against the Cavaliers. So I think they should be very hopeful that the Cavaliers don't make any sort of push at the end of this uh, at the end of this last few games of the season. We talked about them on Monday, so you can go back and listen to that one if you want to kind of recap on them. But they can definitely uh, destroy that team in very few in a very short amount of time. So. And then also you know, probably do a little bit of resting for these players as we get down the stretch. But, yeah, I think what I've seen from this this Nets team has been nothing but encouraging for their playoff hopes.
0: All right. Well, it's time to get on to the weekend. But before we do, it's time for Friday's trivia question. Yes. All right. Let's go. Sydney.
1: So this one's going to be a little different. Okay. Uh, tri- it's kind of a trivia question, but it's going to be more about a player. So I'll name okay. some attributes for you. All See right. if you can figure out who it is. All right. Okay, so he's been in the league for eight years. Eight years. What league are we in? Huh? Uh, this is NFC, and this uh, is NFL. NFL, NFL okay. NFC. Eight okay. years in. Okay. He's a wide receiver. Okay. He's from Texas A&M. Okay. He's six foot five, and like I said, he plays for the NFC. <sighs> <laughs> oh, and his number is number thirteen. Oh, is that is that Mike Evans? It is your boy, Mike Evans. Okay. Right. You thought you were going to miss that one, didn't you? Uh, well, you gave it to me when you gave me the guy's number.
0: Do you have a different guess? Like, who do you think it was? I didn't, I didn't have another guess.
1: <laughs> you just That was the thing that put you over?
0: Yeah, that was it. There okay. you go. Yeah. Awesome. All right, listeners. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do that by tapping the subscribe button. That'll let you know when new episodes are available. Otherwise, we will catch you on Monday. Thanks for listening. See you. God bless.